go. And uh, we are better together. And some things are more better together than others. And I think cookies and milk, I think Oreos of mi and milk, of course, that's really the best combination. But uh, then again, we were in Hawaii and spam and rice is what they say is better together. And they put spam with a lot of things. A lot of you don't think of that, but I prefer bacon with anything. Bacon says you're better together with anything. I wonder this morning, do you really believe that we are better together than we are apart as Incline Church or as God's church? Do we really believe that we have a role to play in God's church? Now, with this advent of our lives now and what we have in the world right now, we have the opportunity for you to get any message you want from your favorite speaker online during the week. So is the message the, the most important thing on Sunday? Or if it, if it is, then you can get that during the week and just put it in your earbuds and you'll be good. I mean, worship, we're, we're singing that this morning, and yet you can go and, and pull up any of your favorite bands now. Favorite worship songs played by your favorite artists and musicians. And so is that what it means um, to come together in community? You see, online stuff is great. It allows us to connect and to grow, and yet... Honestly, coming to a local church, it, it isn't always easy. Getting together with other believers, it can get messy. And it's hard because we're doing life together and we struggle. Um, this past week, I was reading through different blogs I read, and, and um, as one pastor was saying, as he was reflecting on his years in ministry, he said, there's two doctrines he thinks are, or are in jeopardy in the church today. Uh, doctrines are statements of belief or facts uh, that we put in a, a concise statement from the Bible, truths that we cling to. And he said, the doctrine of sin. He said, I think we've forgotten the sinfulness of sin sometimes in our culture. I would just word it, I think we forget the holiness of God sometimes. And then he said, the second is the doctrine of the church or coming together in what is the church? What does the church look like? And so when we have this and this idea and we say we're better together, as we look around this room, I, I think there's often a couple responses to that. Sometimes we may say, I've got nothing to bring. I'm not that important. Nobody would notice me if I'm gone or if I'm here. I have nothing to contribute to this. I don't have uh, one of those upfront gifts, so I may not be as significant as other people. And the other is... The other thought is we can often say, you know what, me and Jesus, we got it figured out. My spirituality is my own. It's private. It's no one else's business. And so I can come in or out, and it doesn't really matter because I'm just fine. It's not that important. However, the, the next month, we're going to talk about being better together. And, and what does that look like for us? What do we believe about that? and talk about what is it that God has designed? Who are we? Why do we gather together? Why did he design it that way? And why are you vital to the body of Christ? Why are you vital? And when I say vital, I mean you are vital, you are necessary, you are key, you are important, you're valuable, you're gifted, and you make everyone else better. And the people in this room make you better. Do we really believe that? That's a tough question that we're going to challenge ourselves because we've heard this before. 
And you know, from the moment we're born, we're born into a family. And uh, as the little child grows up, what do we tell them? Trust those who are in your mom and dad uh, and everyone else is stranger, right? Stranger danger. <laughs> Stay away from strangers uh, until you get to know them or, or a neighbor or a friend. And then yet once a year, we tell our kids go around and just ask strangers for candy. <laughs> but it's part of growing up. And as you go to school, then you find people who have things in common with them and you make community with them, right? For me, it was like, do you like Star Wars? Do you like G.I. Joe? Cool, we can hang. That's what, you know, and you guys all connect Legos, Marvel, you know, you name it. And so you find people who have things in common with you and you connect with them and you form communities. We do the same thing as we become adults, whether it's commonplace of being neighbors or serving in the military in the same unit together, or whether it's common experiences or you join a, a club or an exercise class. We love community because we're wired for community. We're created for a relationship with one another. And the most important relationship in our lives is our relationship with our creator, God. Now, if you're here this morning or you know someone who, who doesn't know the Lord, I would say, well, okay, let's just suppose there is a God and a creator. I would want to know him, and I would want the creator to desire to know me personally. And... The Bible tells us that in Genesis, we are created in the very image of God. Male and female, he created us for a relationship with us. That's what he had with Adam and Eve in the garden. They walked day by day in the garden together, getting to know God and love him and worship him and talk with him. As we know, sin entered the world and broke that relationship. And we became alienated from God. Uh, it says, as we'll read here this morning, we are strangers alienated from the Lord. And yet when we come because of God's graciousness to his son, Jesus Christ, and to the cross, then something happens. Something amazing happens. That relationship opens back up. And because of the perfection, holiness, and goodness of our creator, we get to know him once again through the blood of Jesus Christ. And so I want to read to you a few verses this morning as we begin. Uh, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he, Jesus, gave the right to become children of God, who were not born of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And then uh, our next verse comes from uh, 1 John uh, chapter 3, uh, verses 1 and 2. See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God, and so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children, and now what we will be has not yet appeared, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure." And so I want to read one more verse, and then we'll draw some common things here. From Ephesians 2. So then you're no longer strangers, we just talked about that, and aliens. Uh, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows in the, to be the temple of the Lord 
In him you are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. All of those verses tell us that we are alienated and then we come in and we're a child of God. And if you are a child of God, what does that mean? You're in God's family. We have a new family. And so our first point this here, here this morning about um, being better together is that we move from strangers to Ohana. Can you say Ohana? Try it, Ohana. That's the Hawaiian word for family, Ohana. And it's very commonly used, and especially within the churches, they say once you're Ohana, you're always Ohana. And the idea of Ohana has uh, this idea of love, acceptedness, feeling at home, rooted, being rooted together, having the same roots, and this idea of unconditional acceptance and connection. You know, and I'd say that even if your earthly family, that when you think of family, you think of Ohana, even if you have earthly relationships and your family is broken, even the people who come from a family that isn't anything we desire to be a part of, there's a desire for family, isn't there? There's a desire for connection, for it to have been better. Family affects us to the core. And what this is saying to us in the scriptures is that when we come to know Jesus Christ, we have a brand new family. We are in the family of God. As that song said, I am a child of God. And I believe there's power in family because God designed us to be better together than we are apart. And as we look at this, I wanted to just talk about, well, what are some common things we have? You know, families usually have some family characteristics and traits. Well, the first thing is we all have the same father now, our heavenly father. We have an earthly father, but we have a heavenly father. One father, God the father, who is over all, and we can come to him. He is gracious. He sent his one and only son to die for us so that we could be adopted as sons and daughters into his family. We have one Savior that we worship, Jesus Christ. One name we proclaim, which is Jesus Christ. We have one Spirit, which is throughout the New Testament, it says you have one Holy Spirit. He comes in you. The moment that you come to trust in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit comes in you and dwells in you and empowers you. Uh, and we will talk about that in the weeks to come, about what that looks like. And it is the Holy Spirit, really, I would say, that gives us our family resemblance, because as we respond to his work in our lives, we become more like Christ. Each and every one of us should be more and more resembling Jesus Christ. And as we do that, people look and say, there's something family characteristic. They are different. We want to know what's making them different, what's transforming lives, what's changing them. You see, uh, there's a verse in Galatians that's often uh, quoted, uh, but it, it's pretty important. And it says this, uh, but now that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons and daughters, sons and daughters of God through faith. For as many of you were baptized into Christ, have been put, have put on Christ. There's neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And it's important that you, this passage gets pulled out and used to defend quite a bit of things, but it's talking about what salvation does. 
we all need a Savior. And we are all equally in need of a Savior. And we are all equally children of God. Not one of us can earn salvation more than another. Not one of us is more important than another. And so as we, as we look at this, uh, we move from segregated to siblings. If you're a child of God and I'm a child of God, then we're siblings. Isn't that great? Don't you love siblings? In the front row all says, amen. We love our siblings every day perfectly. No. Uh, siblings. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. And what's amazing to me is that uh, that expands and it's this global picture. It doesn't matter your social status, your wealth, what neighborhood you're from, the color of your skin, what country you are from. If you know Jesus Christ, you're my brother, you're my sister. I'm your brother. And you see, that's a unity that the world is searching for right now. And it comes through our bond as the family of God. And yet sometimes I think we forget that. And we forget it in our local church, we forget it in the church globally, that we are indeed children of God. And as I looked at this, and Jesus once when his earthly family was standing outside, they're like, Jesus, your mom, your brothers, your sisters are here to see you. And, and to make a point, he stretched out his hand towards his disciples and he said, who is my brother? Who is my mother? Here are my mother and brothers. Whoever does the will of my heavenly father is my brother, sister, and mother. They are my family. And so our adoption into Christ's family means we can find a different kind of unity. And uh, it's an amazing thing. And one pastor says this, he says, when we find our identity anywhere other than in Jesus Christ, our churches can be made up of warring partisans and preferences rather than loving siblings. And so Jesus needs to remain the center of all that we do. Now, we had the opportunity to go back and, tr and travel back, and as from my, about midway through my eighth grade year, uh, through college that I had the opportunity. My dad took a church in Honolulu, Hawaii. And um, they had a house there for us to stay and visit it with us. And, and we were able to share with them uh, about Incline Church. Because when we launched about three years ago, uh, you may, so those who were here, remember their pastor sent a little video saying, welcome to the family of God. And uh, they're a sister evangelical free church. And yet, when we got to go back there, we got to update them about what God is doing and how he's grown us and all the things that have gone on. And um, as they introduced us up there, uh, they said, you know, you're part of our family. And it's good to know that when you send out part of your family to hear what God is doing through them. And so, yeah, each week we got a nice flower lay uh, that we were there and got to share with them. That's Pastor Jonathan Steeper. And so... Um, we got to give them an update on what God is doing. And interestingly, it's what I told them is, you know, when I moved there in eighth grade, uh, I was the only Howley, light-skinned Howley, on the basketball team. And uh, my brother was the only Howley on the football team. <laughs> and he tried to play quarterback. But about midway through the season, they started to block for him. But uh, it was this cultural shock for me. It was good. It, I look back at it, it, and it was good, but at the time, it was hard. I went to school. I had no friends. People would move away from me. 
didn't want to sit by me. Didn't want to talk to me. They called me names. And I had a rough time. But when I came from that public school I was in on Sundays, I was loved and accepted and cared for. I found friends. I found Ohana. I found family. And once I got into high school, made a lot more friends and things smoothed out. But it was, it was a culture shock that uh, really taught me some good lessons. And yet um, the idea of family stands through. And even after the, in the service, they gathered around us uh, in the middle of a couple hundred people. And all of them extended hands. And in both services that they have, they prayed over us and they prayed over you. Isn't that amazing? You haven't even met them. And that, those are your brothers and sisters in Christ. You know, the, the people Steve's going to go and interact with over the next few weeks, those are our brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, I've always marveled at being able to meet someone and not even know them, but have that common bond in Christ, and it's like, boom. I haven't seen some of these people, uh, some of my friends from high school, for 20-plus years, and we just connected right away because of our bond in Christ. Only in the family of God can people be so distinctly different and yet be the same, equal in creation and redemption, and counted as brothers and sisters in Christ, a whole new family. And as we come into family, we, we move from living this life, especially in the Western world, of rugged individualism and thinking of ourselves, to being part of a group. And this happened immediately. When Jesus died and then the Holy Spirit arrived, we read in the book of Acts what began to happen as fam the family of God began to form in what, to what we would call the church. And so in this well-known passage, it says this, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, the breaking of bread and prayers. We would substitute that with the, to the teaching of the pastor, uh, fellowship, the breaking of donuts and prayers. That's how we would look at it here at Incline. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed uh, were gathered together and had all things in common. And then it goes on to say this. Uh, they were selling their possessions and belongings, distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. Day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. And so this is a beautiful picture of the kingdom of God from alone to known. From being all alone to being known. It's an amazing, beautiful of this uh, global and universal connection be between believers um, but it's this idea that we get to know one another and actually care about one another's needs. And it's been demonstrated in this body over and over, whether it's Jeremiah who's deployed or Matt when he was deployed or people who are sick and hurting or poor Amy Rocky who wanted to lead worship today and her littlest tiny Naomi got sick. And we're like, no, just stay home. Take care of your daughter. The family can cover for you. And, you know, it's great to come into a place where people can say, hey, how did that project go at work this week? Or how are you doing? Or, or how did that feel? And I'm telling you, there are some of you who are introverts who don't want that. Or even in our culture, it might be easier to slide into a place and disappear without really being known. 
to just be part of a crowd. And yet, I would say this is an important phrase to remember that I've always used. You don't have to be known by everyone in the church, okay? They don't, we don't all need to know each other's stuff. But you do need to be known by someone. And as the church grows and expands, you'll see it in the Gospels, as the church grew and expanded and missionaries went out, the church got larger and it also got smaller at the same time. Because Paul commanded them, he said, go back around to each place and set up a church. And we'll talk about that in two in two weeks, what that kind of looks like when you have a local church. So by God's design, we're all brothers and sisters in Christ, but just as in your family, you've got a big family tree, but you only do life with a few people around you, right? Every day living in the same home. And it's the same with the body of Christ. We're all part of the body of Christ, and yet God's called us to commit to a local gathering of believers. And so as we look at that and we understand that, going from alone to known and then from a global family to a local family. It's an amazing picture of Ohana, where you can be known, where people can care about you and pray for you. And that can be scary at times, and yet it can be comforting to know that you're accepted for who you are and that you make a difference. And we're going to look deeply into this next passage um, next week, but uh, the last thing I want to point out is that we're better together because we go from separate parts to one whole. Um, and I'll talk about this more, but it's in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Romans chapter 12. We'll be looking in Ephesians 4 as well. And the idea is that we are many parts, Paul says, that come together and we form one body, each functioning in our different roles. And so next week will be about roles and spiritual gifts and Legos. So come and see what that's all about. Because we're going to have a little Lego project our youth is going to do for me, some of our guys. So um, as we think about that, though, we are part of a unified whole. And looking at all this list, <laughs> it's an amazing thing to see that, yeah, we are better together. We have a family. We're not, we don't have to be strangers. Um, we don't have to be segregated like the world. Although Sunday mornings, uh, our churches need to reflect, I think, more and more diversity in them. Because uh, just as human beings, we tend to segregate on Sunday mornings. But we're part of that. We're part of siblings treating one another like that. If we would do that, I think it'd make a difference. Alone to known, global to local, part to whole. That's what it means to come in as a child of God and to be a part of that. And today, I, I really, I want to challenge your perspectives on the church um, and on the church as a family, because we're the family of God, and we're called and created to do life together. We say to make disciples who make disciples, and we're going to look and unpack that, what it looks like to do life together. And so I want to challenge you, and I, I want to first off ask you, what if you really saw everybody in this room as your sibling. If that was truly at the core of your thoughts before you acted or did anything and how you value one another, then do you see yourself as vital to this family? I mean, but really, do you see yourself as important and vital? And sure, we know that people omit 
from time to time, and when I talk about vitality, I'm not talking about some legalistic thing, but I'm, I'm talking about, you know, when you're gone, do you long to be back with your family of God, your local brothers and sisters in Christ? In this city, when people move, are we willing to let them into our family? We don't want to be this close-knit family. We want to be an open-handed family. And so we need to challenge ourselves and ask ourselves, um, do we see the local church as essential to life in Christ? Or can we just do it all on our own with all the resources God's given us in our country? Uh, there's a, a church, and ironically, Jerome just read about the church this week, and I say, hey, I'm talking about them. But there's an evangelical free church plant in Orlando, Florida. And what's down there in Orlando, Florida that's pretty well known? Disney World, yeah. Disney World. And does anybody know what a uh, worker at Disney World is called? What the name for workers are? Cast members. Yeah. Cast member church. The Evangelical Free Church planted at Disney World. And they are on the campus of Disney World for Disney workers who live there. And uh, often they're seasonal workers as well that come and go. And yet Disney... Now, we don't want to let this out too far, but yeah, Disney has let them have a church within that community. And uh, what's interesting is he said, we began with all these ideas about doing church in a normal way, and he began to realize that what these people really needed was community. And so they just got together wherever they could uh, within the Disney um, kingdom, I guess you would call it, and uh, they began to do Bible studies and just invite people in and get, get to know them, have a meal together, break bread together, and open the word of God. And as it began to grow, they began these little segments of communities that were all cast member church. And he said this, he says, cast members come and go. Most have to return home, or eventually they move on to other cities to move up and further their careers. And he said, many of them live in countries throughout Europe, and they remain part of our church family. And here's what they say. They say, we are here for each other as we advance God's glorious kingdom through the mud and the muck that we call real life. I was like, that's a great definition of the family of God. Here for each other as we advance God's kingdom through the mud and the muck that we call real life. That's what we're aiming for. And so even in our context, we've got people coming and going. Last week, we sent Amy up to play worship for Pastor Bob. Remember him? Yeah, he helped us start this church. Now he's starting a church in Black Forest. And then we have the Ranos. They're still part of our family. They got moved back to Oklahoma for work. And so as we have people moving in and out, we want to have that connection with them and continue to understand this, that, that we want to be a people who's always willing to invite others to find their way back to God that most important relationship. We want to have open hands that welcomes anyone into this family because we want to be a place where you're connected, supported, loved unconditionally, valued, and where you are indeed vital to the kingdom of God. That's what we're aiming for at Incline, and I believe God has a role for you, a place for you, and an impact for you, and a choice for you to use your gifts to build up others and We'll talk about that. As we look at that, it's not exactly what we think sometimes. 
when we talk about using our gifts. It doesn't all happen here on Sunday morning. And it may look quite a bit differently for you than what you might expect. But the good news is that one day this family we're born into through the blood of Jesus will all get to go home together because this isn't our home. We have a place we're going to go and spend eternity in where no more strife, no more tears, no more getting sick on Sunday morning, no more comparison, no more jealousy, no more different classes or separations of people, no more personal preferences, just one joyous celebration where each day is better than the last. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for the opportunity we have to be in your family, that we can be called children of God, heirs to your kingdom, adopted. And when we're adopted, Lord, that means that we are now brothers and sisters in Christ. We are Ohana. We are family. And yet, for some reason, we, we don't value this community as the prime community you've gifted all of humanity with. Because it's messy and it gets hard. Sometimes it's ugly because we still struggle with sin and with selfishness. And yet the battle's worth it. It's worth it because we all have been gifted to build up one another. And because as we all put you at the center and try and strive to be more like you, we're brought closer together to one another. And we can find acceptance and love and care. And even when things go bad, reconciliation that the world says, how did you do that? So Lord, may, may we, this little body of Christ here on the east side of Colorado Springs, may we reflect that we're part of your family. May we love each other well, but love those who need to know you well so that they can see this is a family they desire to be a part of. In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, amen. Oh, please stand as we sing one more song in closing.